Welcome back to the Get Unstuck and On Target podcast. I'm Mike O'Neill with Bench Builders, and we help business owners like you solve the tough people problems that may be slowing your company's growth. Joining me today from Toronto is Pradeep Sangha. Pradeep is the founder of Sangha Worldwide, and he's an authority on business growth and men's leadership. Women, too, will benefit from what Pradeep will be sharing today. But before I continue my introduction, I've got a question for our listeners. Do you feel like you've got everything you want in business and in life? Or are you like most men who feel incomplete in some way? Pradeep teaches men how to become the complete man and to live at their highest potential, to be the best possible business leader, husband, father, and man that they can be. Pradeep is a blogger, podcaster, and author. Welcome, Pradeep. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. Pradeep, as we were talking before we kind of hit the record button, there are so many things that we could actually talk about, and I'd like to just jump right into, and that is you title your book, The Complete Man, Achieve Ultimate Performance, Fulfillment, and Victory in Every Area of Your Life. We're going to unpack that, but in today's world, why do most people, when asked that question, do you feel complete? Most men say no. What's missing? <laughs> oh, well, it, it, there, I guess there's so many things that are missing depending on, on the individual. But I think what we've seen in society today is that there's a lot of bravado. There's a lot of, especially with social media, there's a lot of this, hey, people are living a great life. There's pictures of their fancy cars, their, their homes, their yachts, and uh, and we know that a lot of that uh, is surface level living, basically. And because I know this, I work with some very top CEOs and powerful men all around the world. Um, even men that have tons and tons of money that could pay for generations to come have challenges and sometimes even bigger challenges than the everyday average man. And the reason is because we all, in some way, shape or form, if we don't take a look at all aspects of our life that are most important to us, and try to balance them to our, the best of our ability, we end up feeling incomplete. And that's what we end up doing, especially as men, because we focus a lot on our business or our careers. And so I can say this with uh, personal experience and our research that eight out of men are feeling incomplete in some way, shape, out of more, uh, or another, uh, probably even closer to nine out of 10 men. And it's either something in their relationship. So they've spent so much time They've built a successful business or career. They got a ton of money, but guess what? They've had to sacrifice their marriage or the time with their kids when their kids were younger and growing up. And either they're estranged from their spouse or maybe their kids, uh, they're not as close to them as they'd like to be, or even their personal health. So a lot of men have sacrificed their own health for success in some way, shape or form. Um, and then there's men that focus on their relationship, but they feel like maybe their career isn't where they, they want it to be, or maybe they don't have enough money or they like to provide a better lifestyle for their family. So all of us, there's something that we always feel like we're missing. And the key thing with the concept of the complete man, the principle behind it is that as long as we focus on who we are internally and we're continuing to grow and we are, you can say, fulfilled with who we are rather than what we have in the external world, we will feel a lot more complete. You know, before we started recording, we were talking about how this topic can benefit both 
men and women. And you shared with me that a pretty sizable percentage of the folks who buy and read your book, who read your blog, who listen to your podcast are women. And therefore, I just want to remind our listeners and those watching, if, if you're a woman, there's so much that I hope you'll be able to draw from this. But I will be phrasing most of my questions and our interactions from the perspective of a man. You know, you mention in your book of the things that we men tend to do, particularly in business. And we look at um, the results. And what I recall from your book is that so often we lose sight of the results and you just kind of open up by saying business when it's all said and done it's about getting results yeah yeah it really is about getting results but also taking the time to be fulfilled with the results and that's where the missing that's where the missing key is and that's why i talk about the book it's it's about performance which all men want to do they want to perform at their best and live at their highest potential and that comes with achievement, which is if you're going to play a game of hockey, if you're going to go to the championship, you want to win. That's really what it's about. No one wants to go in into a game and want to lose. Everybody wants to win. So that achievement piece is, is absolutely critical as well for men. But most men skip out on the last element, which is fulfillment. So we will go, we will perform, we will achieve, we will hit a goal, and then we'll automatically set another goal to hit. But we'll... Well, we won't take the time to actually enjoy where we are and how we've grown as an individual. And that's ultimately where true fulfillment comes from, is two aspects, how we've grown and what value we've provided and how we've helped others. And if we can actually do that, not only if we focus on fulfillment, our performance actually skyrockets, skyrockets as well. But what ends up happening, if you just focus on performance and achievement, and you're missing the last element, well, that circle is incomplete. And then this is what ends up happening is men continue to push. And it's out of sheer will and sheer work ethic that you continue to go and you feel eventually what happens is you burn out. Or you've accomplished all these great things and you feel this massive void and you don't know how to fill, uh, fill it. Mm. And, and that's what a lot of successful men in their careers or businesses have done. They're in their 50s, 60s, even 70s, and now money can't buy them happiness. Uh, and that could be a challenge. You know, I open with that first question, results, 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 which is a very business-sounding uh, term. But as you're working with men to help them identify what it is that they need to do to feel more fulfilled, how do you measure the results of your work when you work with men? How do they get the sense of results when it comes to fulfillment sure so we we do measure a lot so we measure performance so how well are you performing so, so for example productivity hmm. so if you if it typically takes you eight hours a day to perform your you can say your tasks or your activities um, can we cut that down to six hours and four hours and we absolutely can because we know with the, our productivity methods that you can so that's a big measurement when men prior to working with us feel like they have no time they have no free time to spend with their family, but now they have a few hours every evening to spend with their family. So that's a clear measurement. And achievement is another easy measurement as well. You have a you have a goal. You want to make X amount of money or you want to lose. And we, we're not a fitness organization, but we partner with, with partners that help our clients get fitter and healthier. But if you want to lose 20 pounds, that's easy to measure. 
right? At the end of six months, you, f- you not only feel better, but you can see it around your waist and you can measure it on a scale. So you can see those results. Now, when it comes to fulfillment, that is very subjective, but there's an, there's an easy way to do it. Do you feel better, right? When you, do you feel better and do you feel better more often? Mm. And that's ultimately it because we have this, what we call emotional checks. And we work, uh, when we first start off with men, we get them to program it in either their day timer or their watch or whatever it is, that an alarm pops up and says, okay, emotional check. And what that means is at that moment, just stop to think and be mindful of how you're feeling. And are those, is that emotion or those emotions aligned with how you want to feel? Mm. So, and, and what we do is we always start with emotions first. So we ask and we go into detail in terms of what kind of emotions does this individual want to feel on a more regular basis? Because that's ultimately what life is about. Your life is tied to the quality of emotions that you have. Some men prefer to live a peaceful life. Some men prefer to have a more exciting life, a more passionate life. Um, So it all depends on what you want in your own life. And if we can help you feel those emotions more frequently and at a higher level, then we know that we're actually making progress. So that's how we measure results as well. I really appreciate that clarification. You mentioned that emotions drive so much. Do you find that we men sometimes have lost touch with emotions that just you start with that, but that's a pretty major hurdle just to get them aware of what we're talking about and articulate what is it they're trying to work on to improve the emotional well-being? Yeah, I think, well, this is a big, uh, a big question, a big topic, because it's not only losing touch, it's not knowing how to deal with the emotions, right? So there's, and, and this happens to a lot of women as well, because women are being, you can say, raised differently now and trained differently to be almost more like men. Um, and so it, it's very interesting to see the dynamics, but we as men, A, through evolution, for example, um, and this is what research shows is that we don't express our emotions as much because let's just say 2000 years ago, if you came across a man that expresses emotions and showed weakness, well, you could easily take advantage of that person, Mm -hmm. right? So we, as men, they have shown now that our facial expressions are not as emotional because it may have been a protective mechanism, right? And so that's just one element. The other aspect is the way our brain works compared to women is that there's a part of our brain that will automatically see a problem, feel an emotion, and then trigger a response to fix it. Hmm. Right. So we and that's why men, it's a classic example. When women feel something, men are like, "Okay, let's fix it. Let's let's try to problem solve where women are just want to talk about it. And that's because our brains work that way. We're taught and we are biologically programmed to try to fix things. And so it's not necessarily that we don't feel the emotion because research shows that we feel emotions just as intensely as women, but we may not sit in those emotions as long as women. We may try to fix those emotions a lot faster. And that's, and that's a big reason. And the other thing is we've not, we haven't been trained to deal with our emotions. Mm. Um, and, and that's women as well. But women have this advantage where they, they will talk to each other, especially at a younger age about their emotions and how they feel young girls if you see how they behave compared to young boys it's very different and so they've been been able to talk and express about their feelings at a younger age where boys typically aren't so the way we are raised and this is a societal aspect right this is where social 
you can say connections actually influences our uh, behavior well men we just don't talk about emotions because we've been trained not to and this is where there's there's a lot of benefit for us to be able to talk to our young men our young boys and allow them to express their emotions openly and not feel ashamed about them um, but that's that's a, a big topic on its own yeah I, I know that we could do a podcast on almost every one of these things that i i have asked you thus far can we go back to i asked about how do you measure results because we know we can measure results from a business standpoint, but you indicated that there are ways to measure. One thing I think I heard you say is in the form of productivity, if you can get the right things done in less time, that will free up time, free up times to perhaps do things that will add fulfillment. Do you find that when men have extra time, they've worked hard, they've got it, still a little bit struggle with what to do with that extra time? Yeah, absolutely. Because there's men and this happens because a lot of uh, men will say, well, I don't have time, but they have lots of time. What they're doing is they're not present in the moment that they are in. And this is a big challenge. This is a big challenge for high performing men where they will work throughout the day and they'll be all strung up and then they go home and they are with their family physically. But mentally, they're continuing to think about work. And that I would say 80% of men have that challenge, probably even more. And then they say, well, they don't have time. It's, and so we have to get to the root cause, but a big factor of the root cause is not being able to be present because we always default to achievement. Our brain is a goal-driven organ. It really is. And this is one of the, this is one of the things that we teach is we, we have a method through neuroscience that actually teaches your brain to actually switch into family mode, right? And, and I'll give you a, a simple example or a simple tip. And it's in the book as well is when you are done work, the, th the thing that you have to do is check off that last thing that you were thinking about. It, even if you have a physical checklist, check it off. Because when you say, I am done, you are telling your brain that you are done this task. Mm. But if you have something that is not complete, if you leave work, your brain will continue to think about that thing. And so that's why it's important to always check off your last task at the end of the day before you go home. Or you, you know, you might have a big project and you might say, oh, man, I still got to do this. This isn't done. How, how, you can make up a small task. Just make up a small task that you can get done in a couple of minutes and check it off because I'll tell your brain again that you've just finished it off. Then what you do is what we call symbolism. And symbolism could be a ritual of some sort where some, some guys just slam their laptop shut. Uh, they scrumple up the last piece of paper and they throw it in the wastebasket. Like that's their symbolism to say, I'm done for the day. Right? I'm done work for the day. What that does is, again, it trains your brain to say, I'm going into a different mode now. And then having a goal. And here's the key. Because your brain is a goal-driven organ, we have so many goals at work, we have very few goals at home. Mm. So when we go home, we don't have a goal with our family, typically. And so having a goal for your family is important. Maybe it's just to sit there and listen to your wife talk for 15 minutes. Set that goal. Say, I'm gonna be sit, I'm gonna be super patient and just sit there for 15 minutes and listen to my wife and connect with her. There you go. That's one goal that you've achieved. Now I'm gonna spend 20 minutes with my kids, quality time, laughing, joking, playing around, coloring, whatever it is, however old your kids are, but engaging your kids. 
there, there's a goal. I'm going to spend 20 minutes reading just so I can wind down. See, these, that's why if you don't have goals at home, you continue to think about work. And then there's another element with that as well. And that is your identity. Hmm. Your identity is extremely powerful. And we don't just have one identity as men or as women or as human beings. We don't because how we are, who we believe we are at work is completely different than who we believe we are at home. We try to. And if we if we try to be that same person, it, life gets tough. For example, I, I have a different identity at work because I lead an organization. I work with a CEOs, very powerful men. So I have to have a different identity. If I try to play that same identity with my kids, well, it's going to bomb. I'm not going to it's they're not going to enjoy hanging out with me and I'm not going to enjoy hanging out with them. So I have to switch my identity. And one of the ones that I talk about in the book is with my kids. It's Disney dad. So I tell myself, I got to be Disney dad. How am I going to be Disney dad? And so that switches my brain to be in that mode, to be able to be present with my kids and be that personality that I need to be. So these are just some tips for a, both a man and a woman to utilize in their life to be able to um, have that quality time, as you said. And the, and the original question is, even if they have the free time, you know, do they do they end up utilizing it effectively? This is one way to actually do that. You know, we've been talking about ways to be fully present, particularly when you're at home. Uh, with the move to work from home, the demarcation between ending your workday and starting your time with family has gotten really blurred. And working with CEOs like you do, some of them may in fact be doing that very thing. When they are working from home, do they, as men, struggle with the loss of some of the power props, that's my word, that go with working in the office? <laughs> um, so does this revolve around maybe not being the CEO at home? Is that kind of the, the, the per, feeling that you're perhaps, talking about? Perhaps. I think what I am finding is, is I'm talking to uh, key leaders, particularly key leaders who were working in, in an office setting, and now they're working from home and they're managing mm -hmm. other people from home. One yep. of the things I keep hearing is it's so much harder uh, from a variety of ways. Not only am I raising the question about transitioning when you're working from home to ending your workday and go be a Disney dad or be there for your spouse. Um, I'm also kind of speaking to that transition that many people have gone through where if they're at the office, it's where the office is located the quality of the furniture, the, maybe even a parking spot and other perks. Um, has that entered into some of the things that you are finding you're dealing with when you're dealing with executives? Yeah, it, it has. Um, not to a huge extent, but it, it has. Because if you have this big, massive corner office uh, on the 50th floor, you're going to have a different feeling going into that than you will maybe going into your basement. And so you're absolutely right. Environment has a significant impact on our mood, our behavior, and our emotions. And so I always encourage people to set up their office like they would set it up normally in their office, a physical location's office space somewhere, because you switch into that environment, you cater to that environment. So absolutely, I think it's critical. Um, myself, we just went through renovations. My office was on the, so I have a home office as well. 
And I enjoy working from home because it allows me to have the flexibility to spend with my kids because they're younger, they're eight, six years old, and I get to drop them off and pick them up. And um, that's just the lifestyle that I've chosen to have. But I had to bring my office downstairs now. Uh, and because I just found that the kids were just running in when they probably shouldn't have been running in. And there was just too much of a blend from that perspective. So I just brought my office downstairs. So yes, having the right physical environment is is important. You will see that and, and having the right colors, having the right furniture, pictures, whatever it is, I highly encourage individuals to make it feel like their office so they actually get the work done, be in that mode. Pradeep, what do you find as people are going to your website, reading your book, reading your blogs, what do you find more often triggers them to say, yes, I want to reach out to Pradeep and his organization? What Do you find there's a pattern that puts them over such that they are willing to take that step and reach out? Yeah, typically what ends up happening, so there's two, I would say there's two camps. Um, one camp is I want to make more money or where I want to get more success faster. Mm. Like that is, that is, I just want to be a super high performer. I'm making X amount or my career's at this level. And I just want to accelerate that pace. So that's, that's one side of the camp. The other side is I've had all the success and things aren't going great in my life. Uh, my relationship isn't going that great. I've sacrificed my health. Um, I'll give you an example. We have worked with CEOs. Uh, and, and this is interesting because we'll engage them in a maybe a consulting project or we advise them from a business perspective, strictly business, right? Yes. Maybe it's a merger or acquisition or something that is just business oriented. And then a year later or six months later, they'll say, Pradeep, I need you to work with me on a personal side. Um, I haven't expressed everything that I want to express to you. Um, I was somewhat afraid to, or, mm. you know, they'll say, I, I just didn't want to, you know, show weakness, but this is what I'm dealing with. Uh, my health has completely, I, you know, gone down the toilet. I can't sleep at night. Um, I think my relationship is falling apart. I need to, I need other, you can say insight outside of business. So that's, that happens quite often. Because a lot of the men, um, although I would say that the biggest entry point is men wanting more business success, but then soon opening up saying there's other challenges. You know, you describe a, a scenario that I've seen uh, with my own business, and that is you go in, you help them achieve business success, but you build a relationship, you build rapport, you build trust. But after that is done, then they feel they can kind of let their guard down and share some of that. Uh, I appreciate uh, your insights there. You know, Pradeep, as you kind of think back about who you are and what you have done for others, can you think of a situation by which either you or a client got stuck? And when that happened, what did it take to get unstuck? <laughs> so, Mike, I get stuck all the time. Um, I do. And, and that can happen in business or that can happen in my personal life. And the thing that I've taught myself how to do is how to get unstuck faster from a problem solving perspective, bringing other people on board, experts, um, looking at things from a different perspective. But uh, one of the biggest things that I was stuck with, I would say, was my relationship with my wife, hmm. because we were 
two completely different, you can say, individuals with different upbringings. My wife was a city gal, um, liked fancy things, um, uh, liked expensive things. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. She's actually opened my eyes up uh, to, to live, you can say, um, enjoy the hard work that I put in. And I grew up on an orchard. And I was all about work ethic. I was all about, you know, a different type, living a simple life. Uh, and so we had some big, big challenges to the point where we almost split up twice. Hmm. And and I I did a lot of relationship work. So I work with men on relationships. Yet I was getting stuck in my own relationship and I couldn't figure it out in terms of what was happening. Why, you know, why, you know. Ultimately, what ended up happening was I was afraid hmm. and I was afraid to be myself and stand up for what I truly believed in, because I felt like if I stood up, that if my wife left, then I would lose not only my wife, but I would lose my kids. And therefore, I catered to certain things that were not aligned with my values. I catered to certain principles that I knew would not end up serving us as a couple, serving our kids. Um, and so I just kind of went with it, thinking that maybe I need to be more understanding, which I did, because there's certain aspects I did have to be more understanding about and change my behavior and do different things. But then I soon realized, I said, if I don't live in alignment with who I am and continue to grow, of course, and evolve and better myself, but if there's something truly inside of me that I'm not aligned with, then what's the point of not only just being in this marriage, but what's the point of me actually doing the work that I'm doing and working with other men? So the moment I did that, things changed hmm. because I was very clear with my values. I was very clear with my principles. And I made the decision, if my wife does not want to align with me in our marriage with these principles, then I'm okay with that. Even if she does take the kids, even if she does take half my wealth or more, that's okay because I want to be fulfilled in the life that I live. And the moment that I did that, I could see a shift in her behavior because she knew that I meant business. She knew that I was strong enough to not only be the man that I wanted to be, but also be there for her. So that was a big changing point for me in terms of getting unstuck because I think in today's society, we try to cater so much to so many different ways and we lose ourselves. And I, and I think a lot of men are in this position today because there's a lot of confusion of what it means to be a man today. What is a man supposed to do? You know, what's her leadership role? Um, you know, am I being too strong? Am I not being strong enough? So there's a lot of, you can say, um, uh, there's a lack of mentorship and there's a lack of knowledge and I would say wisdom out there for when it comes to uh, the men uh, in all ages. I, I have seen this in 20 year olds. I've seen this in 60 year olds. Um, and, and this is something that we do need to address for sure. Pradeep, I have asked that very question to 72 prior podcast guests. Your response was so open, so candid, and you showed such vulnerability. Thank you for your willingness to share. That gives us, the listeners and the viewers, insight to who you are. And it's really neat to hear how by doing that, 
it did change the relationship in a positive way. You know, we've covered a number of things, and it's very clear we could cover much more. But as you kind of reflect back on the things that we have discussed, what do you want our listeners to have as takeaways, and what closing thoughts might you offer? Well, th- I think this is this is the biggest thing. If people want to improve their lives, and if they want to perform better, the one thing to focus on is emotions. Because if you can learn to be a master of your emotions, you will be able to master anything in life. And that is ultimately the path to having a better marriage, a better, uh, be a better parent, to have more success in business, to have better, you can say, um, a, a faster career growth. It's all about emotions. If you learn how to master your own emotions and how to, I'm, I'm going to say this in a, in a, in a way that it doesn't sound manipulative, but influence other people's emotions where they feel better about the life that they live. You're going to, you're not only going to be more fulfilled in life, you're going to be able to accelerate your progress and success overall, because everything that we do is all about emotions. At the end of the day, we all want to feel a certain way and we all want to feel good. Even when we're feeling bad, there's an underlying reason for that. We just need to get to it and learn how to master it. Hmm. Very, very helpful. Pradeep, if listeners want to reach out to you and connect, what's the best way for them to do so? Uh, I Feel free to reach out to me via most social media channels. My handle is typically at Pradeep Sangha, so I'm, I'm more than happy to connect. You can reach out to me via email, and the email is team at PradeepSangha.com. And you can also get a uh, discounted copy of my book. It's the digital combo. So you'll get the audio book and you'll get the ebook at uh, 75% off. And you can do that by going to completemanaudio.com and use the promo code VICTORY75. So VICTORY and then the number seven and then the number five, all one word. That's very generous for you to offer. We will include contact information, and what you just shared in the show notes. Um, As I'm looking back at what we have discussed, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you wanting to spend some time with me. I've learned a lot. I've enjoyed our time. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Mike, for having me. I also want to thank our listeners for joining us today. Every Thursday, we upload the latest episode to all the major platforms. So if you haven't already, please subscribe. So I've got a question for you, the listener. Are people problems keeping you up at night? If yes, let's talk. Head to head to bench-builders.com to schedule a quick call. We'll explore ways to help you solve your nagging people problems so you can again focus on growing your business. So I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope you have picked up on some tips from Pradeep that will help you get unstuck and on target. Until next time.